0: It's the most wonderful podcast of early December. Mm-hmm. It's December 5th, Tuesday, 2017. Alongside Sith Lord Ian Ferguson. <laughs> I have to get... I have to be comfortable for this podcast. I'm back country. Welcome to the second time we are in Ian's uh, library slash game room mm-hmm. here. Very wonderful. I'm here. Uh, we're going to be talking about lots of... Uh, Fun gaming news. A.I.M. shutting down. Super Mario Serial. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about uh, Mega Man games being announced again, because why not have it the first Mega Man game in like 90 years come out? Uh, lots of Q&A this time. And uh, maybe some other funness like the Avengers trailer. Ian, what's been going on in, in uh, Fergusonville? <laughs> Saw a dude's penis at work. <laughs> okay. Okay. so that's
2: that's that's, mean, a,
0: that's a good lean in why, Yeah, why, why don't you uh, why don't you uh, <clears throat> pretend we didn't know that fact? Toyd, and let's lay out the story. Let's theater of the mind for everyone. I mean, unfortunately, it's a pretty quick story. But um, should I just title this "Ian sees a penis"? Ian and, sees a penis. I think that'll get flagged for for uh, advertising on YouTube. You're right. I you Can't do that. I can do that. So um, Ian sees some
2: genitalia. Yeah, genitals. Um, <laughs> what. <laughs> I'm at work and um, you know it's a day It's uh, the holidays and things are happening and a guy walks in and he's trashed I mean just he's very very drunk um, his every, every word is a breath with him and he's wearing very loose basketball shorts and he comes up and he goes is that a PS4 pro that you have in the case and I'm like <laughs> yeah, it is. And he and he's like, cool, can you tell me about it? And I said, absolutely. So I get up, and I walk to the end of the counter, because it's the closest in the case, so I'm pointing to it, and I'm talking to him about it, and he's like, oh, okay. And he's, like, really, like, acting like he's taking this all in, but I can see it bouncing off. And, uh, We walk back, and I sit down, and he's talking to me more about it. And he goes, you know, he's like, so you really need, like, a 4K TV to experience the benefits of, like, a PS4 Pro or, like, a, you know, an Xbox One X. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah. And the whole time, he just continuously keeps pulling these shorts up. I'm like, this is going to be a problem. No drawstring on these? I I mean, there was. He just wasn't utilizing it. Okay. And I wasn't... The problem was I was just noticing, like, every time they kind of sunk a little bit lower and he was pulling them up, like, I didn't... You knew it, was, it wasn't gonna hold. It was fleshy, and I knew it wasn't gonna hold. And uh,
0: yeah, eventually, I mean, they just fell. They fell. So it was <laughs> was it like a gra- like a like a tree getting toppled where they just came down, or was it like slowly, like oh my god, I could stop it, but it's in slow motion and you couldn't do anything.
2: Uh, it was you know, it was like slow mo for me, <laughs>
0: but I'm pretty sure like it like happened. a Bugs Bunny thing
2: where they pull yeah. up their skin. Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> exactly. And they hit about knee length.
0: So <laughs> no drawers. No drawers. No boxers. He,
2: he was straight up commando. And, uh, what team
0: what tea was that? Was was there a team logo on these shorts? No, that?
2: they were just basketball style shorts. <laughs> you know, that mesh. that mesh style. And um, oh, man. there he was just hanging dong right there. So what was his reaction? Uh, very nonchalantly looked down, grabbed his shorts, pull them up, and go, oh, man, I didn't want that to happen. And then we continued on. And uh, the thing was... Is he So is this backwards compatible, this PS4 yeah, Pro? How yeah. do you continue on from that reveal? He didn't leave. He stayed for like another five minutes, and I was just like, answering your
0: questions? I'm answering your questions. <laughs> just going to answer your questions. Like, but was he a potential buyer, do you think? Was was he actually interested? Was it the weight of all the cash in his wallet bringing down those shorts? I, I just don't know. I mean, it was one of
2: those situations where what do you do when a man shits... You've just seen his penis in the middle of the store. But, you know, you don't think he – it wasn't a purposeful exposure. You don't think it was a romantic ploy? No.
0: No, I don't (laughs) think so.
2: (laughs) You don't think it was like, let's see if
0: this works out.
2: I just think he was drunk and used to having his penis shown off in public. And that was
0: that. He walks out holding up his – After, yeah,
2: after another like five minutes of questions, he just walks out and leaves – Interesting. mm And uh, I'm the one who has
0: to pay for it. <laughs> you're, you're, you have the PTSD to, to show for it. How, how many times a year do you see some nudity at the store? Um, Female or male, I'll just say. I've seen some nip, and I've, I've, I've You've seen... You've seen
2: some nip? Seen Sneak some, out? I've seen some nip, and I've you know I've... I've I I've, I've seen you know some chestnuts you know and chestnuts yeah you know you, you some you, balls uh, hanging to the side maybe uh, yeah you know a little a little things sure. things are a little sheer but I've never seen the full fucking cotton cabbages I mean that's <laughs>
0: the, the full the full twig and berries <laughs> the full twig and berries yeah, yeah that's so that's a bit much <laughs> oh that's interesting yeah that's interesting well you know that's the dangers of working in retail I guess right. You know, it's a long slog. Yeah, working retail. I, I only worked in retail for maybe a year, and that was enough for me. That was uh, your Suncoast days. The, oh, back the, the the good old coast. Do you count the food store being retail? like that's that, that's kind of retail food? Yeah, I don't think I think that's technically a different genre. That's like that's like action platform versus being. Straight platformer, I think it's like oh, yeah. It's a there's different. enough, of a, enough a of a difference. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. there's different occupational hazards, like cleaning off like uh, melons and stuff um, at the supermarket, and going out and in, in the hot sun and doing the carts and you know doing stuff like that. It
2: really but, depends on if you're a cashier or not.
0: Yeah. Well, when you're a guy, at least working 20 years ago, you did everything. Yeah. It's different now. Now you're not allowed to handle stock if you're a cashier. Back then, you're a guy. You did dairy. You were strong enough to to lift out all the all the fucking melt watermelons and clean them off, and and cabbages. You pulled out <laughs> cabbage. You pulled out the uh, all the the pallets of food every night. I did that too, Oof. and all for a good old five oh five an hour. Yes. I don't want to hear any bitching about the minimum minimum wage now. Ah, uh, yes, five oh five an hour. <laughs> good old five oh five cigarettes <laughs> for $1.79 a pack. Back in my day, when gasoline was one twenty five a <laughs> okay. gallon. But um all right, what's been going on? since you're concerned about my well-being I haven't seen any any random genitalia have not good, but I was really sick last week for like yeah five days of, of good old food poisoning bad uh I got some Greek food and I had ordered it like 12 times before so it was one of those things where they're like oh now I feel bad now do I not order again because I got the I struck out once. But uh, it put me on my ass. I was gonna finish up the NES Punk video because I was gonna start editing it, and so I was out. So now I'm starting to edit it now. So now that's a week behind, and I'm a week behind moving, uh, unfortunately. Um, so that's why we're here again, and we'll be. But the good news is that I'm like ninety percent. What, what was with that? What was with the eyebrow raise? What? Just there. Just, <laughs> just to throw me off. Yeah, yeah exactly. Is, is it that, was just to see if I can knock you off your rope. Is that is that a a, a, a prefix to dropping your shorts? What, what, yeah. what, what was that? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> give me the Ian's eyebrow, uh, but um, I do have some ideas. I have explained them to you about a new podcasting sort of studio in the new place. I think it'll be cool. Um, I think it'll be nice. I think it'll be a nice kick in the butt. And you know, we can also potentially you know stream some topics without waiting two full weeks. You know, because, yeah, because as much as people love to hear us with our two week old takes on stuff, a lot of times you you want to be out there with the news first, as long as you're still informed. Because I see a lot of hot takes usually that end up being totally fucking false. I really don't I, like hot takes. <laughs> you like lukewarm takes. I like
2: my takes. Lukewarm?
0: Yeah, a little Well, let's not make sure they're not totally cold, but between lukewarm
2: and, and hot, you know, medium I want, I medium to, luke? I would like to enjoy my take.
0: Want to enjoy your take? Yeah, I don't want to burn my mouth on the take, but I don't <laughs> want it to be unsatisfactory. <laughs> you know, okay, well, that's what you're looking at in 2018. So, but the NES Punk video is going to come out. Oh, I'm going to be at SoCal Retro Gaming Expo January 20th and 21st. Um, if you want to save 10% on tickets, use code NESPODCAST. I didn't make up the code, but the code is NESPODCAST. And you can go to SoCalRetroGamingExpo.com for tickets and information. I'm going to be there. Uh, Norm the Gaming Historian, uh, James Rolfe is going to be there. Uh, Super Best Friends Play is going to be there. Uh, amongst other guests coming back, like Bill and Jay Game Chasers, and more to be announced. Um, videogameyears.com if you want to watch the Video Game Years on Amazon Prime and a good old certain NES guidebook available for the holiday seasons at ultimateNES.com Ian, yeah. how about a new cereal coming out? This is something that
2: I think we need more of again is uh, special edition tie-in cereals. Um, Super Mario Odyssey is getting its very own a uh, breakfast cereal. And it's going to be uh, berry-flavored, uh, it appears to be oat-shapes. That's, that's that's usually the common uh, uh, cereal type for m- marshmallow cereals. And then we will get uh, marshmallow pieces uh, like coin blocks, uh, mushrooms, and... Uh,
0: I, I, perhaps uh, uh, one up mushrooms. Yes. So it's, this is Kellogg's. Yep. Let's make sure it's the king of cereal. Kellogg's. Oh, the absolute king of cereal. You got Kellogg's. You got General Mills as your as your 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 Sony and Microsoft of the of the cereal world. Right. right. <laughs> is there another one out there? <laughs> Post. Point? Post is still bringing it with Brazen Brand. And hey, uh, Cocoa Puff. So this is Super Mario cereal. Yeah. But it works with Odyssey, right? But it,
2: well, it's themed for Odyssey. Well, that's why they're bringing it up. But it's also an amiibo. Your cereal box is an amiibo. The actual box of cereal. There's not an amiibo inside. The cereal box is the thing. And
0: when you tap, how the hell does that work? So you're going to bring this, the box home, and you'll just scan it on your controller. Yeah. will it, read it.
2: And it gives it's got you. the little chip thing in it. It gives you uh, coins or, or hearts. That's insane. Yeah. It's a great idea, though. Yeah. It is. So, you know, you get your um, part of a balanced breakfast. Do you remember the old part of a balanced breakfast pictures on the side of the Yeah, and it had, like, two
0: eggs, a muffin, uh, a grapefruit, a milk, milk. (laughs) a a, a multivitamin, because (laughs) cereal itself is not a balanced breakfast. (laughs) Cereal cereal by itself is just sugar for kids. (laughs) Yep. So, anyway, uh, yeah, so you can get your uh,
2: balanced breakfast and, uh, you know, some... Extra goodies in your game.
0: So what, what, let's look over the the, mar, the marsh is it marshmallows? Yeah, yeah. You right, get shapes. Course. You get you get the question block. You get one up mushrooms. You get regular mushrooms. You get anything else here? And of course you get you get stars. You didn't mention that. They're they're, they're all stars. Oh, the seal pieces are yeah. Pieces stars. are stars. That, that's that's already ten times better than the original Nintendo's awful cereal of the late was, '80s. So in was, the late, which was
2: garbage? It was disgusting. It was basically inedible. Well, like, what
0: was that '89? So, About 89? Yeah, if, uh... Nintendo <laughs> is for breakfast now. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. But
2: you remember, you don't. They, they made one, and it came... Half
0: Super Mario Brothers in a bag, half yes.
2: Legend of Zelda. Yeah, you got two sleeves, Legend of Zelda and Super Mario. Super Mario was supposed to be more berry-flavored, and Legend of Zelda was supposed to be, uh... I don't know. They, it was like Captain Crunch flavor. But
0: they both had berry shit in it. Yeah. They were just different shades of, of berry, if I remember correctly. They were gross. I couldn't make it through. I begged my mom for a box of regular Nintendo cereal. Yeah. I mean, I fucking begged. My so mom did was, I. And my mom was always like, oh, I'm just going to buy you whatever's on sale or have a coupon. If you, have, you get Cinnamon Life, you're fine. Or any Frosted Flakes. Thanks, Mom. That was healthy eating. But Nintendo cereal, I had to beg for because it's Nintendo. Right. It must it, be bad for you. I did not get through one box of Nintendo cereal. I, I had to I force myself to eat that shit. It,
2: it was honestly one of the, now that we're talking about it, it's one of the earliest regretful purchases I think I ever, well, I didn't purchase it, but it was a regretful decision.
0: Yeah, and they had to do giveaways in order for people to buy them. So they, they gave away, I think they gave away like little mini bagatelles that were uh, inside or mailways. I forget, but I see them at shows for sale. Uh, you know, like Zelda or Mario themed little bag of plastic bagatelles. Um, uh, the, the one that I have never seen someone own, uh, there was a mail-away for, um, well, the audio cassette that I lost and then had to get again that I did a whole video about, the Nintendo Tips cassette, where they got the yeah. Mike Tyson's punch-out code wrong, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you get that wrong. But then they did one for a hologram T-shirt that I've yet to see actually anyone order and exist. Think about how many kids actually went out and ordered this shit off the box. Right. You know, Very few. And I think they also had maybe, I think they had a, either a cereal bowl or a mug, I forget. So they had to do... They had to do mailways, 25 years ago to get you to eat that putrid fucking cereal. It was gross. Or 30 years ago almost to do that. It was disgusting. So at least here, I can almost guarantee you this will taste better. Yes. But the fact that they are using uh, Amiibo tech, this box is a special Amiibo. It's saying... So I guess an Amiibo technically could be anything as long as it has... What's the technology? for the, An FC. The, the, the FC. the FC little chip or whatever? Uh, yeah, the... So what, you can sell like a shoe that has a chip in it and say that's an Amiibo? You bought a Mario shoe? A uh, new Far Cry. Uh,
2: Neo False Conspiracy. I mean, I don't know what NFC stands for anymore. I forgot, but...
0: Well, the National Football Conference, right? But anyway. Yeah, oh yeah, that too. That's a sign for that. It's a conspiracy. Anyway, so this is a great idea. I think they're going to sell a lot. And I think nowadays it's somewhat it's easier. if I mean, if, if New Day can get a serial made of themselves in WWE, we can get a CEO Podcast serial going. You know, we can we, we can we can put giveaways inside of it. What's it gonna be? Fucking, fucking protein powder and shake. I mean, I have no idea what it's gonna be. But I think it's interesting. I didn't realize that there was a whole bunch of brand deals made last year. Nintendo uh, announced new like Mario toothbrushes and, and things. I, we knew about the shoes, like the Converse shoes. I've seen Nintendo. T- well, uh, and they did Vans. I've seen they oh, did the Vans. Oh, those are the ones that Pixel Dan had. I remember he had the, yeah the, the those Duck were Hunt the and Vans. Mario Brothers ones. Yeah, but uh, like why not? Hey. Put them on a toothbrush, a spin, spin, uh, spin brush. Kids need to brush their teeth. Do it. We, you know, I, we had our He-Man and GI Joe ones back in the '80s. Brush your teeth with Mario. Yeah. Well, that doesn't sound too, too right, does it? Brush even? your teeth with Mario. I, yeah. I don't think that's where we're gonna go. So, would you, would you try out this, this, uh, this cereal? cereal? Yeah, I'm gross. You're, you're gross, so you'll. Try. Yeah, I think it's, it's part of your balance. Price. It's not a balance break. As long as you have a dozen eggs along
2: with it and a cup of yogurt. So you get
0: gold coins or a heart in the game. There you go. So, so yeah, people like flattening out their cereal. Well, people be r- ripping these off in the store. They'll be like just taking the boxes. Mm-hmm. I think, think so. Yeah, no, I don't. Think... Well, we'll see. Maybe they'll start packing them into like the Nintendo themed meat. Yeah. So like, you get your your <laughs> you get your pound of chop meat with like z- <laughs> links on the cover of it. Gross, <laughs> bleeding through. All right, I think we've, we've we've got all we got Yeah, <laughs> I think topic. we've exhausted that one. This is an interesting, fun story. We don't do many fun stories like this in the podcast because Ian and I are just... Uh, Crotch the old man. I, I wouldn't say that. I would say we're a little more cynical sometimes. You know, we hate everything. We hate DC. Uh, we hate balanced breakfasts. <laughs> but streamer goes viral. Well, after broadcasting UFC pay-per-view while pretending to play the UFC video game. This is a fun one. And you got to give it up for this guy because he's gotten attention. It's amusing. So, this was... Uh, I saw I saw this. His name was AJ Lester. And he streamed the entire UFC 218 <laughs> broadcast. So, that would have been... Um, let's see. I think that was just the past weekend. or a yeah, week I think ago. it was just a couple days ago or a week ago. So, 218. I think that was a week ago. So, I think that was around the 25th of November. Uh, da, da, da. Or was it this past weekend? Oh, it was this past weekend. It was the 2nd of December. So... It's funny, because you see him with the green screen behind him, which you see, and then he's in the corner. You see the whole pay-per-view, and he's clicking buttons, like, oh, yeah, I got that punch in, and, and trying to pretend he's playing along. It's fucking hysterical. Yeah, cool. yeah. <laughs> but it's the whole... but it's, it, it's copyright infringement. Yep. It goes against Twitch <laughs> terms of service. Dana White will find you and beat you down yep. if he could, and uh, you can get fined for that. You can absolutely get fined for, for, uh, as well.
2: Yeah, he only got a 24-hour Twitch uh, ban, but, you know, who's to say what else could happen to him? I mean, honestly, I think this is pretty funny, though, and I hope that he doesn't get anything worse. Yeah, there, Just, just
0: there, for being the guy. <laughs> yeah, one of the tweets reporting it got 165,000 likes and 77,000 re- retweets. That's insane. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, the, the one pointing out that that's what he was doing. Oh, he said. Uh, AJ uh, said he deleted the video on demand of the fight, the VOD, because it saves to your Twitch account. But he's picked up some, picked up some no- notoriety. Um, said he had two thousand followers for five years on Twitch, and now he reported um, he's gained three thousand followers and three uh, thousand, over one thousand subscribers, and 1,000's paid. So he gets a portion of all those uh, Twitch subscriptions there. So he, this this actually paid off for him. One thousand. Once you get one thousand, that's when you get. No, uh, on Twitch, uh, I'm going to bring up the speed on Twitch and everyone. So, Twitch, you have followers, which is the same as subscribers yes. on YouTube, so you get alerted. But if you have a subscriber on Twitch, that means that person is paid to support your channel for their Twitch subscription.
2: Oh, I gotcha.
0: So, they're putting they're putting their monthly, the portion of the monthly, some goes towards Twitch slash Amazon, some goes towards you. Gotcha. So, he actually has made money off of this besides notoriety. But yeah, like I said, you know, you can get you can get fined for this. This is a FCC sort of, sort of thing. Oh, wow. So yeah, it's copyright yeah. infringement. Well of course. So is this also FTC copyright? I don't know. I think it is too. But anyway. So uh good on good on uh, AJ here. because uh, now we know him and maybe the only thing is after this, now you gotta perform. Do you have to uh, Right. Maybe... Now,
2: now you actually have to meet this, the the we... expectations of your yeah. of your viewers. When you
0: pull the clever stunt. When but... when Royal Rumble comes along, you'd be played pretending to be playing uh uh W D two K on there. You know <laughs> that'll be amusing. <laughs> probably more entertaining. Probably, I was going to say absolutely more entertaining. I don't hear anything great about that. Um, people emailing me for interviews and shit. I need at least ten Gs to ask me some questions. I'm, I'm famous, famous right, right now. now. <laughs> Justin taught me cost ten K. Send me an email. Cost you five? Well, I think he's probably just kidding there, uh, Mister Lester. I don't think that's going to be happening. Uh, this is probably your fifteen minutes. Funny fifteen minutes. But uh, 15 minutes, uh, nonetheless. Anything else to add, Ian, on this? No. What would you try to pretend to uh, broadcast? I know you just do Mahjong uh, streaming on Twitch. <laughs> I guess that's what you're getting into. Where can everyone find you on Twitch, Ian? Um, I don't know. So He's so good at marketing himself, too. That's why I love Ian. He's always got it ready to go. <laughs> I have no idea where you can find me on Twitch. I think it's uh, uh, Twitch. The slashes. Um, <laughs> Just say the channel name. P X L S I C L E. Oh. It's Pixel Sickle. And I'm technically at NES Marathon right now. I'll probably have to change it in the future if I start s- streaming other stuff, which I, I might. Stream. I stream the Jackbox games once in a while. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. You can you can you can follow Ian on Twitch and me as well. So there's interesting news coming out of China. That kind of
2: surprised me. Yeah, the NVIDIA's Shield is coming out in China, and along with it, it appears that Nintendo is actually going to be releasing downloadable versions of a number of popular uh, GameCube and Wii games. Um, Looks like Zelda Twilight Princess, Super Mario Galaxy. Uh, Those are up um, to be released for it. And this is interesting because... Of Nintendo, first the way that um, the the way consoles are released in China, but also the fact that this hasn't been seen by Nintendo yet. This is using the same chip that is in the Switch, uh, or or roughly the same chip. They're using well, NVIDIA technology. Well, the Shield
0: came out what a few
2: years ago, yeah, so it's probably a little bit weaker. It's using rough, But it's using NVIDIA technology. Sure. So this, to me, looks like a test run for them getting ready to support GameCube and Wii games, which has always been said to be in the works. Um, so it's interesting to see that. Um, also, this could potentially help uh, Nintendo get more money out of the Chinese market without rushing to
0: release any new system into well, the territory. Well, isn't that what this is really doing? Is testing a, an entirely untapped market for the most part? Like a gigantic market? Well, they did have a official Wii release in China. Okay. Um, we know how it did there? Let me see. I don't Wii remember. China sales. I'm going to see.
2: I can't remember what it was called. They say the distribution company is IQ yeah, IYI.
0: The, yeah, the IQ NCC4 player came out there. I thought that was GameCube. It was N64, and um, they only had a handful of releases for it, but they've always had a clamp down on Western media in general, or other media from outside China. They're now opening it up to more. Now the movie the movie, uh, movie business is burgeoning there, because the, it's the largest... Still, it's tapped now, but still large swaths of, of the country are not as industrialized as they are here, but it's getting there. It's right. getting more and more, and so... Whenever you see now movies made, it's like, oh, well, they have a, they have this, uh, this other. You notice that like there's some movies where they get like a Chinese actor to play certain parts, or they film now subplots for some movies that only come out in certain regions right. of China because they realize, oh, there's a fucking billion people in this one country, so we should market towards them. So I see this accomplishing two things. Yes, they're making money off of old ass games that they're not really selling anymore. Um, let's see. What are the What are the games you got? We got um, we got Super Mario Galaxy, new Super Mario Brothers. We Punch Out, Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess. So these games are all like over ten years old. Right. a lot more over ten years old, right? You have uh, Punch Out's like probably what, nine years old. Uh, so we have games that they're not selling anymore. They're not. You're not. You're not bastardizing a current a uh, console. These are all games that were on virtual console last generation. So, yeah, to me it's another virtual console release somewhere else versus going third party because these are all old ass games. Right. It it's a virtual console on a non-Nintendo device
2: using weaker technology of what they're using now but on the same you know, I it, but it's using Nvidia technology. So this is kind of like a I think a soft launch almost of what they're going to be testing on the Switch.
0: Sure, and th- this could also like 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 we we noted that you know, if this is successful, maybe if Nintendo doesn't have the distribution totally set up for China to get the Switch in there or they don't know what the interest is, this can be the foot in, in the door slightly that could lead to bigger and better things. I have no idea how Switch sales are in China. I have no idea what's going on there with that. You know so but this seems like this is gonna pave the way for them to get in there right so sorry any other to add on on here not on that one so it's okay, so let's see switch uh, is going to be in China by March according to this report from Market watch uh, they're looking to get the switch in China by March 2019 so 2019 st- yeah. So it's actually better than I would have expected. So yeah, this could just be market awareness to make sure, Oh, people know we can get Mario beforehand. And plus they're making, you're making money either way. I do not expect them to do this here though. I do not expect Nintendo to do that anywhere else versus a market like this where they're not in really uh, existing. No, they would never, there's, there's no reason they would ever do that. No. Then you you might be potentially cannibalizing your own virtual console more, but if if the virtual console doesn't really exist in a country, then who cares? You know, especially on games that we said are like 10 years old on average. So
2: So Capcom finally did it. (laughs) After, I don't know. No, they didn't close. Uh, After, what, 2010 was the last time they released a Mega Man game? That was Mega Man 10. Um, And. Uh, For the 30th anniversary of Mega Man, uh, I believe it was just yesterday, they announced that Mega Man 11... Well, that
0: was their live, I guess, Capcom Unity fucking stream. Yeah, Yeah,
2: they announced that uh, Mega Man 11 is coming out. Uh, It is going to be a 2D-style game, 2.5D, but the gameplay will take place on a 2D plane. And it's coming to Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and PC... The Switch, what? People are very happy to hear it's coming to the Switch. It means that Capcom hasn't forgotten about it. <laughs> That's great. Because um, uh, I think we were just talking about that in a recent episode where Capcom was being yeah, the oddly co- cold to it. Yeah,
0: the collection's not on the Switch yet. Yeah, exactly. The Mega Man collection's not on it.
2: Right. So, Which they also mentioned during that event that the collection, the Mega Man X collection is coming out and will be on the Switch, and I believe they... And the original ones. And the original uh, two collections will be out on the Switch
0: as well. How do the collections divide it up between the two collections?
2: So, um, right. I'm not sure how they'll do it for the Switch, but on it's Mega Man 1 through 6 for Collection 1, okay. and then 8, 9, 10, 11 for
0: Collection 2. Oh, that makes sense. And 7, I guess?
2: Uh, yeah, 7, 8, 9, 10. So the ones that are... So, I'm non- sorry, 7, 8, 9, 10, not the a lot. The non-8-bit of. ones. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. So, um, the game, I didn't care for how it looked when I first saw it in stills, but after you know looking at it in motion, it's actually kind of grown on me. I like... Um, I like the almost hand-drawn art style. And... Um, more importantly, I'm glad to see Capcom dipping its toes back into Switch waters. Although it's still not <laughs> saying a whole lot because it's it's just a port of something they're doing elsewhere. Um, I'm sure Pat's real excited for Mega Man 11.
0: I think it looks fine. What do what you got to look at me for? I, I, if people like Mega Man, they should be able to play it, especially on uh, the brand that they originally had Mega Man on. Yeah. It's so silly that the collection was not put on the Switch. There was no reason not to put it on the Switch. None. Right. They had a, Capcom had a way to say, oh, well, let's see if it's going to be a little successful for Mega Man. They right. wouldn't just move everyone.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's insane. Right. You think you should have just uh, automatically A portable automatically. system on top of that? Right. I wonder if this means we'll eventually get Disney Afternoon Collection on the Switch.
0: Uh, th- 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 that's not even on it yet? No. And, and, and the, 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 I'm talking about even the 3DS. They couldn't could put it to the 3DS? No. They couldn't do that? No. Nope. The 3DS was owned by tens of millions of people and they couldn't put the collection on it. Yeah. I'm not saying people should be denied their, their maybe overly unfair plat- action platform. I'm saying it's a dumb business decision <laughs> to do it. <laughs> oh. You've seen the marathon, you know the score. Yeah. You know where Pat stands. <laughs> you know where I stand officially. So what is so how do you think this looks to you? First of all, did you see the was it was it what was it, is the stream called Capcom Unity? Is that the Is like the Nintendo Direct? Is that what they call it? I, yeah, I think well, so. Well it was it's well produced. You have little interviews that, with back. some of the people that have worked on Mega Man in the past. You know, you have like them asking uh some of your favorite YouTubers in about like, you know, what's your favorite what's your what's your favorite uh <laughs> robot masters <laughs> oh. and, and you know things of that nature are you glad to see it back so they flew out like Mega Ran uh, Pro Jared and a few other people to talk about you know they did an event and so they got the Megaran's awesome Megaran's a great guy absolutely fantastic
2: but uh no I mean I didn't watch the actual stream I just only watch the game trailers. You know how few streams I actually watch? Yeah,
0: we, we get it, Ian. You don't watch the internet at all. Yeah, so what, what do you, what do you stop think, asking. So what do you think about Mega Man 11 from, from watching the only like minute and a half of footage?
2: I, I told you. I think it looks great. Initially, I was upset. I didn't like the way the art style looked. I thought it looked very cheesy, but... You think it looks cheesy the art uh, style? I, but no, well... I did in in um, in stills, but actually seeing it in motion, I, I think it looks gorgeous. I actually
0: like that they made it look robotic yeah. for the first time in a hell of a long while. It's like mm-hmm. a combination of Rachel Mega Man and Mega Man X, right? They sort of... Did an amalgamation of that where you actually see little like little screw joints and stuff on on how he actually looks. Yeah. He actually looks like a robot. Because no, he looks... doesn't look like a robot in a lot of the – you see a lot of the cartoon images of him. doesn't look like a robot. It looks like a little five-year-old with a suit on, <laughs>
2: with a cheap, giant blue suit on. Like a, like a pajama onesie. Yeah. Um,
0: but, no, I I think it looks uh, great. I do not have a problem with 2.5D. Um, you know why? It's a hell of a lot easier to make that than Sprite. Basically, you can do a lot more things. Yeah, it's uh, one it, of those things where, like, if it's if that's what it takes to get your game, yeah.
2: put out, yeah, then then I'm all for it. It's like all those people who say physical or
0: nothing. Well, no, if digital is what it takes to get the game put out, then you you put it out. Yeah, I think I think they'll probably. I, I I don't see why the game wouldn't play almost exactly the same in terms of the feel of jumping, The you know the height of the jump, and then you have the charge up. Uh, it's like what else do you have in this? Any any other new stuff? You oh you have like a. Charge up multi shot instead of just one shot. It looks like right. It's like a rapid fire thing. But no, it's cool seeing the 2.5D. There's like the 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 little crane boss that flips around when you see that. It's stuff that would be a lot more difficult to pull off with just sprite based, um, sprite based artwork here. Uh, I think it's funny. Did you see the at the end? They did the. That was pretty cool. Like the, the 30 years of Mega Man games, you had a little Mega Man run through a stage. Mm-hmm. And hit. Yeah. It was funny that just about every year. For like the first 23 years, there was a Mega Man game. Yeah. Every, almost every, fu- or multiple games. Going to like, you know, uh, the Game Boy Advance games, yeah. PlayStation, PS2. And then you get to 2010 and it's like, da, 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 run along oh, on mean... Mega Man. They should have at least showed like the cancelled Mega Man Legends game and the cancelled Mega Man Universe game oh, as, God, a, that as been... a funny foot, footnote. People would have that was, lost it, that was already like four years ago. They canceled games, right? It was a while ago already. Sure,
2: but if they had shown any of that canceled footage, people, people would have lost it immediately. They would have thought they were bringing it back. They would have jumped to the right. the, the wrong conclusion. But isn't it embarrassing
0: that it's good that this game is coming out? It's, it's embarrassing. embarrassing it took this long. That it's not. It, they had to at the very fucking tail end of its thirtieth anniversary in December. They had to announce that oh, it's a year away. It's late 2018, right? Coming out, we just thought about this recently. (laughs) You know, this is this hasn't been in the works for you know probably that long, and when you you really consider it, right? So what the hell happened in the past seven fucking years, where we have a beloved franchise, we cancel two games to major backlash, and then do nothing after that for like four and a half five years? What company thinks that that's a smart move? Do they think that we can't make any money on this? There's no demand. Like, like, what? This is you don't need a, you don't need a, to go to get your get your MBA or get your doctorate in biz, <laughs> get your doctorate in business, which doesn't even make sense, right? Get your PhD in business to realize that if there's a game that people want, a beloved franchise, cartoony looking character, and we have probably some infantile type of fans that will buy anything we put out, probably Wait, some with,
2: infantile, yes,
0: definitely some infantile type. You fans. know, I'm not saying the same as Sonic fans, but you know, somewhere around there. Dude, if you want to- <laughs> That's why they cross over so much. Well, there you go. The whole point is that put a game out. Put something. Mm-hmm. Something. Yeah. Anything. The only thing you got was you got him in a fucking Smash game, right? Was that it? Got him in a Smash
2: game. They put him in a Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Marvel vs. Marvel Wars I, Capcom I'm tra- three. I'm trying to make you money, Capcom. I'm I'm trying. I, you know, I don't want you to go full Konami and just not make games anymore. Well,
2: that's the thing. I mean, it got close to Konami status with with, with things like. Yeah, you know, but
0: they're on the right track, Capcom. They're doing. You know, they do another Resident Evil, right? Or they just have one. I don't fucking know. I'm sure they will. Um, coming late 2018. <laughs> but yeah, and then they're getting, putting the, the both collections will be on the Switch, which makes perfect sense. Yay. So that's so I'm I'm happy for you guys. I'm happy you're getting your Mega Man games. I'm not I'm not saying you can't play your overrated games. I'm not saying that. <laughs> you can play them all you want. You know, but but if you're, if you're you know the, the, after the six one, come on, let's move on. We can you know even Rocky had us. No, Rocky didn't start stop, uh, stop. No, <laughs> Rocky eight Rocky eight's coming out now. Creed two, Rocky eight. Oh Jesus! <laughs> so I like Creed. That was actually pretty good, but it's predictable. All right, we got loot crate, Ian. Your favorite monthly geek box. Ooh, for you or your loved ones, friends, and family. That's right.
2: Each month is a different theme, and each theme brings different surprises. This month's theme is explore, with items coming from Destiny Two, Guardians of the Galaxy, and some other mystery franchises. Oh. Other one subscriber will also win a mega crate of epic portions. It can be huge big things. You can also get Loot Pets. You can. If you want to, uh,
0: you know, attempt dressing up your animal. I wouldn't suggest that with Spike. No. Your eyes clawed out. So, (laughs) go to lootcrate.com slash pat. enter code PAT to save 10% off any new subscription. You have until December 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to sign up and get the Explore theme box. The past month, uh, you had a Ghostbuster shirt in it. You also had a really cool uh, Stranger Things little diorama figurine set of Eleven versus a Demogorgon in a cute little cartoon style. It's pretty big. Fairly big in that one. If that was the last month ones I, uh, I got. Um, it's, uh, you know, the best surprise you know is coming. You got Christmas coming up. Maybe you give the gift of Loot Crate. Why not? And it's less than 20 bucks a month. And the shirts are all usually very good quality. And everything's exclusive that you get inside your Loot Crate. So again, go to LootCrate.com Slash Pat, enter my code, Pat, and save ten percent off any new subscription today. In we all remember, Sir. AOL Instant Messenger or AIM. Yes, I never, we I, do. I never called it AIM. I called it AIM. I, I called it AIM or Instant Messenger because, because uh, to me, when when you have, uh, I never say FBI. It's FBI. Yeah. You know, I don't say NES. It's NES. Yep. You know, that's it's the, not. It's definitely not Snes. Oh, well, people can get on it. You can't tell the rest of the world what to say. Oh well, you no, know. fuck off! I'm not. I got a podcast. Just... I could try. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so instant messenger shutting down officially. Yeah. After on, the, on December fifteenth, is it? Yeah. After how many years? Twenty. Twenty years. December years. fifteenth is the last day it's going to work. I might boot up my old ass screen name. Give it a go. See what see what uh, teenage girls that, well, now they're in their late 30s. Holy shit, that's weird. That I tried to flirt with back then and are still around. <laughs> I was actually wondering about Twitter
2: today. I was like, I wonder if I can even still remember any of my
0: logins if I were to try. I had two names, but I had the last time, you know what? The last time I honestly really probably used that was, was probably, I want to say 2005, when I had a buddy from Unreal Tournament that I used to play with, and okay. we communicated with AIM. That was probably the last time I used it. We're talking like 13 years ago. Yeah, I think 2005
2: was probably the last year I used it too. I used it pretty extensively pre-California move. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved out here, I didn't have a, 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 a solid like computer that was mine or internet connection for a while. Mm-hmm. And even when I did, it was still like the era of desktops, you know, where it was like my girlfriend's desktop that i and my roommate used so i wasn't i didn't have my own pc at the time i wasn't you know sitting online all the time so i just grew away from it and by the time i came back to the internet there was you know facebook and yeah it, it sort of shit. it
0: sort of bridged the gap between chat rooms of the mid-90s and icq and irc which is still around today irc right. is bridge that gap and then you had yahoo messenger which was always kind of fucking weird though I remember having Yahoo Messenger, but didn't really talk to many people on Yahoo Messenger. Everyone had AIM. Everyone, um, it It sound sending. You know, that that's iconic. The first time you really had a a lot of emoticons came from AIM, as far as I know. Like the like the widespread use of it and the little symbols. in AIM was one of the first I ever saw that uh, that existed. Little yellow faces and stuff. Oh, the emojis and stuff, or, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. or emoticons, whatever you want to call it back then. That was the predecessor we have now with phones. Yeah. was really on AIM. Um, and then they did build in eventually, uh, years later, they had voice chat building into it. And they might have had video as well.
2: But, yeah, I think they they did. I think by the time I was done with it, I was actually able to, like, copy and paste, you know, like a video link or
0: something. And you had group chat as well built into it eventually. But, I mean, once, that, once you had Skype come into existence, and then Google Hangout, you had no real reason to use AIM anymore. It was antiquated. Not to have a, you know, like an email address you can easily associate and find with it and share, you know, a chat user. I also felt like AOL releasing Instant Messenger
2: for free was um, one of the things that hastened the uselessness of AOL or, or its downfall was I think... Towards the end, a lot of people are using AOL for instant messaging. That that back-and-forth chat between people you had just met or that social aspect, I don't think people were really using chat rooms as much, or at least I wasn't. Okay. And once it was like, oh, you can just use this instant message, message feature for free without being attached to AOL, you can just make all your friends lists, it, I think for certain people or perhaps younger people, who already knew their way around the internet, it made AOL even less of
0: an appealing option. You mean as an ISP? Yeah. Or a platform? Because that was on the way out either way.
2: Well, yeah, it was, but, I mean, it certainly didn't make it any more attractive to... When you parceled off your most your most popular feature, it certainly wasn't going to help oh, you. Oh, sure.
0: Any. But AOL was done by early 2000s either
2: way, though. Yeah. They were... But we're out. talking. This started in '97, and I mean, I was actively using it from the from the beginning.
0: Oh, sure. oh, sure. I probably started using it by like '98, '99. I, I think I did. I did use Yahoo Messenger a little bit, but yeah, everyone used AIM. I did. I did shut off the fucking sounds quickly, though, for sending and receiving messages. Those, yeah, that's like every that those sounds would be stuck in my head forever. At, at this point, uh, in time, so yeah, I might like try to boot it up. I wonder if I still. Probably, You know, the password's probably the same. I I still have a few passwords I kind of kept the same or similar over the years. So, I'll try to do that for the hell of it. On the 15th? We should try to do that. Have an AIM party on Friday the 15th. (laughs) You know what I I really like? Try to send nudes one last time to each other on AIM. And I'm sure you can probably do it
2: if if you look deep enough in, in maybe my phone settings or maybe certain phones have it or there's an app that does it. But the best thing about Instant Messenger was the away message. Oh, yeah. I wish I could set up an away message for my texts. Like, I'm fucking working. I'll get back why to you Why can't we later. do that? Why can't yeah. you do that? Is that, uh,
0: wait, for the iPhone 11 to do away can messages? messages? <laughs> can I please get an away message on
2: my phone? That's a great point. <laughs> for when I'm gone.
0: Like, yeah. Or some some would just automatically respond, or you could filter out. If you <laughs> want to toss someone, you could secretly say, like, oh, you know, you can go in invisible mode Yeah. on AIM. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> why, why can't we have that on, on our phones? That would be
2: great. But I really think about that way too much. Like, why can't I have an away Well,
0: message? you don't respond to my texts anyway. But, so, but, but for everyone else... <laughs> he doesn't. He I doesn't do. My te- no, he doesn't. Way more than I used to. I'm like, to. oh, let's talk podcast. I see you fucking send out 20 tweets in an hour. Because I wake up, I send out my tweet bless, and then I get the a tweet hold blast? of you. Yeah. yeah. That's how it works with you? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm less important than getting your fucking tweets out? <sighs> You're, at least you don't have to talk to me right when I woke up. wake up. Oh, yeah, the, the crack-ass of dawn at 10.48 in the morning. Yeah. It's a...
2: You're giving me too
0: much credit. <laughs> too much credit. And that's why Ian will never go to the swap meet with me ever again. That's right. The time we get there, it'll be closed. Ew. All right, so let's let's uh, pour, pour out a yellow guy for AIM. That little yellow guy yeah. seems like he's, he, we got to do something for him. I don't know. Can't say
2: that. You know how controversial
0: they changed what he looked like? It was like they changed the figure a little bit. They yeah. Like changed... He looked like he was flowing a little bit more. <laughs> All
2: right. I haven't seen this. So. Avengers uh, trailer? Yeah. I guess. Ah, I guess we'll have to fucking turn the volume up on this a little bit.
0: Well, well, the studio will be able to watch it on the big screen. Yeah. Uh, drop, on the big screen. drop this. <laughs> All right, Ian. What do you think of the Avengers Infinity War? Well, Trailer I mean... Uh, number one.
2: All right, so it looks pretty amusing.
0: Pretty amusing. <laughs> I think so. Understated Ian. That's going to be t-shirt. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, let me pick up my mouse here without
0: breaking How any. did you drop your mouse? It, it fell
2: on the floor.
0: Please don't knock the table and have the buzz go. All right, I'm going to start now. Because... All right, so... Um, <laughs> there's a
2: lot of shit going on in that. Someone needs to bring me up to speed. So they're not doing a part one and part two.
0: They are. They so, are. Okay. So they're filming part... They filmed the, a in order and they're filming part two right now, but I don't think they're gonna be called infinity war part one and part two. They might just change it to be like Avengers four. Okay. Gotcha. And that will end officially this fucking incredible 10 by then 11 year run of movies. Right. Unprecedented run of over 20. It's going to be like 24, 25 movies over like 11 years, something ridiculous. That's, you know, starting, I think phase four technically starts, I think after Avengers three with uh, Ant-Man and Wasp, and then next year you have uh, Captain Marvel, like, the February after that. Gotcha. You know, and then Homecoming 2 next year in Avengers 4 in 2019. That's basically what you're looking at coming up. You know, besides, I think, then you have Guardians 3. There's, so, there's like, three Marvel movies a year, and it might turn to four right. at this point. But that's where you're at. You're, in, you're basically at a Marvel movie every three and a half months, on average, which is insane to think about. I...
2: I it's hard for me to say based off that trailer. There's not a there's not a ton for me to say. Oh, it's um, incredible! I mean, there's a there's so, there's a lot of stuff coming together. Um, how much time are they going to give this shit to breathe? They I, said they, they they they. I mean, if this doesn't have ample amount to, uh, they, of room
0: to breathe, it's not going to be good. They've already said a minimum of two and a half hours minimum for the minimum. Okay. I don't think they're probably going to go that f- far above that for a movie like this because it doesn't matter though because they'll put this in five screens in every every theater and this is going to make this is going to make like 2 billion dollars. Sure. This will make more than than Star Wars. Like this will do extremely well. Oh, yeah. There there has been hype for a movie like this, probably besides Star Wars. If you want to throw Lord of the Rings up there as like wow, we wait forever to see these sort of movies, but th- this is beyond Lord of the Rings and probably even Star Wars at this point because we've had two Star Wars movies. In in the past, we're gonna have three and four by the time this even comes out, right? You know, so or just that, not the fourth. No, that comes out right after that. But you you see what I'm saying, though? Yeah. So this is this is I'm not this isn't a Marvel BJ, but this is unprecedented in the history of movies in terms of build up and how they got there. Absolutely, we 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 will never see this probably happen again with this much competence and. This much sort of strength of movies. I'm not saying every movie's been perfect, but if you average out all these movies over 20 movies, the average has been pretty good. Sure, over this, with some being eh. You got your Thor twos where it's like, and your Iron Man twos where it's like, eh. But then you get some Guardians of the Galaxies and Winter Soldier where it's like, wow, these are excellent fucking movies, regardless of whether or not they're associated with a comic book. Right, and even like first Iron Man is still considered one of the best ones, and the first Thor is pretty good, and the first Captain America is pretty good. Yeah um speaking of winter soldier it was nice to see bucky uh um, oh, of course they get good old buck in there
2: um and uh you you don't notice it but i actually saw it on a screenshot you you don't notice it the first time through it was the only thing i'd seen from the trailer but um in the scene with uh black panther walking forward with the troops uh in the far background is uh Bucky and Steve so that should be pretty exciting if it if it it looks like Bucky and Steve will be with uh, Black Panther well yeah for the, the, final, sim-
0: the final shot they're all marching together yeah the, that Hulk looks like and, uh, Falcon and War Machine that looks significantly um... so Rhodey's back he's got some new you know new uh, spinal cord or whatever robotics spinal cord <laughs> they figured it out <laughs> but um, uh, yeah like I said this hasn't been perfect the first incredible Hulk movie has almost no bearing on the rest of the universe Besides the same uh, the same actor for General Ross right. that shows that shows yeah. up in um, well he shows up in the cameo at the end of Incredible Hulk when Stark tries to start the Avengers so it's kind of out of order those movies a little bit and that's the uh, one Incredible with... Hulk takes place after Iron Man two technically so they're kind of shifted in the order because it's only after Iron Man two where Stark's like okay I'm on board with the Avengers and he's trying to recruit Hulk at the end of Incredible Hulk but yeah they didn't sign up Edward Norton for multiple movies they should have done that. Right. Uh, that, that didn't work out. Edward Norton wanted the, the film to go in a different direction, and that was Universal. Remember at the time? Remember there wasn't there wasn't a Marvel Studios yet when those first right. couple came out. It didn't happen until a couple years later, uh, where they said, "Okay, we're going to be doing this ourselves." As much yeah. as I like Ed Norton, I feel like Ruffalo fits the. Ruffalo's movie. been fine. Fits the bill. I think. Fine. I think that Incredible Hulk movie is pretty good. Still, you go back and watch it. Like, okay, there's some interesting stuff in here, and it does. It does. It does still fit in, even though it's like the redheaded stepchild of that of that series. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. Okay. Oh no. Well, I'm just saying, well, like in his bit parts that I've seen him in. Oh, okay. Well, it's just interesting because many people forget that that came out. You know, right after Iron Man did yeah. Incredible Hulk. And People are like, oh, they kind of forget that. That was the first time you had all oh, these. Well, you get these cameo scenes. First, you have Nick Fury and the Iron Man, and then you have, and then the in Incredible Hulk. You have him coming up to you have. Tony coming up to Ross, General Ross, Thunderbolt Ross. But yeah, and, and yeah, they didn't re-sign uh, Terrence Howard as Rhodey. You lost out on a on a good actor. But yeah you know, their replacement's fine. They moved on, and we don't care anymore. It's been so long. So like I said, it hasn't been perfect, but for the most part, they've they've done their thing. Yeah, Edgar Wright was thrown off at of Ant Man, but they had the vision to get here, and they couldn't afford to have they couldn't afford to have a a fucking Batman v Superman along the way. Right, you know, they it, couldn't it, afford to had a Justice League along the way to sort of throw the whole fucking thing out
2: of whack. And for a plan that's been in action for this
0: long, Remember, you know, yeah. yeah, this was this movie was planned ten years ago. Right, they wanted to get here, they wanted to get to Th- Thanos. That's the difference between something like this and the DCEU,
2: where they wanted to get to, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. A flashbang so, so, real quick Yeah
0: So I can get over the fact That maybe yeah Thanos doesn't look Exactly the same he did In the cameo of Avengers Five years ago He looks He looks decidedly different Because now they have their, They're modeling the, the the face Out of uh, From Josh Brolin So yeah he looks different Skin tone's a little different But whatever Maybe it's different in space Blue versus a little purple I don't fucking care Because the movie looks good And we're actually invested In these characters Because we've seen them Some of these characters We've seen in like Seven movies
2: Yeah I'll live. Uh, but can we get him a hat They looked weird Without a hat
0: They do. <laughs> They explained it, though. They said that he's on like a spirit quest to get the, the stones. So that's why he's not in warrior mode. He's like this is like almost like s- ah, philosophical to him. So I it's see. like yeah, it makes sense. They'll put him in at some point, you know. But he's, he doesn't need armor. He's already no. Oh I'm God. just saying he looks. You know, he looks a little little. Little, called, Walt, little, little walnut-y. <laughs> People say he looks like Steve Austin.
1: He kind of does. So
0: a, when he comes out of the portal, it looks like a walnut. But but this is it. Now am I am I sad that we still don't have fucking Fantastic Four? Yeah, I'm sad. But supposedly the talks have picked back up between Fox and 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 Disney to, to acquire the non non sports and non news part of Fox. So. Yeah,
2: I mean it would have been. Get, right. Homer, get Homer if, Simpson in there, too? And no? Fantastic Four and the X-Men got to be part of this,
0: but. And, but... and since they're filming already part four, if they get Fantastic Four in there, it's probably it might be too late, unless they cameo them in there. Right. But they they could probably figure something out. All I know is this. All I know is not just me, that if I walk into Avengers 4 in the summer, or whatever, May 2019, and you get ten seconds of seeing them in the distance, helping out. You see, you see the human torch and some stretchy arms and a rock guy, and you don't see the invisible woman because you can't. The crowd will go fucking ape shit. Right. Just from 10 seconds of it. And it doesn't matter if you have to recast the actors or a couple because two will be CG or whatever. You yeah. see what I mean? Like, like, people will lose it, and rightfully so, that the first family of Marvel will be finally back home and give them a big hug and give them a proper movie. Right. Because Frank's not getting any younger. Yeah. <laughs> he's gotta see that. He's, he's seen a great Daredevil series. Right. He's never gonna get a Doom Patrol movie or or, or Challengers of the Fucking Unknown, but he might get a Fantastic Four that's worth a while. Can he get a Turok <laughs> Oh no, there was an animated Turok movie that was pretty good. It came out a few years ago. Oh, okay. It was actually pretty good. Very very violent. So, um no, this is gonna make all the monies. I think you got the Russo brothers doing it and they did Winter Soldier and they did uh they did Civil War and they were gonna do these two Avenger movies and these we, guys, these guys, go. these guys come from relatively being unknown comedic uh, directors, and now they're like the fucking kings of kings of the geek world now. After this, it's like the weirdest thing, but they put together a good product. I just rewatched some of Civil War. I was like, "There's some heavy stuff going on in Civil War." Sure. And but I'm gonna say this: that they owe Robert Downey Jr. all the fucking money in the world for anchoring this universe. Oh yeah. Like I don't care. How much more he asked for to appear for 20 minutes, $20 million. Give him all the money. (laughs) Yeah. Because he has been the anchor. He has. Since 2008. He's been the consistent one. It's going to be real weird when they start
2: swapping actors out. Or
0: or kill them off. They're probably going to kill off some of them. Can't you just recast them? Because it's like, you know, in comic books, they don't look the same. Spider-Man changes his look when you have a different artists. Just treat it like that. It's a little different. No, it's not James Bond. They recast them every every eight ten years. <laughs> I don't want to see him have to kill off Spider Man in eight years. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm not emotionally prepared for that experience. All Fair right, enough. I'm going to be bawling when, if when spoilers they probably kill off bearded Captain America. Okay, right, I'll be I'll be fucking losing it in the theater. I don't think we should have to experience that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They're already planning to kill off like Affleck- <laughs> Batman. That's already... After two fucking movies. Bafflek. So that's... all right. so this is gonna be fun. It's gonna make a lot of money. And, um... Yeah, it'll be fine. You know? I just hope, you know, Thanos, don't kill my Spidey. Don't don't, don't do that. It's too early. It's it's far too early. So... Blue Apron, Ian! What is it? What is Blue Apron? Blue...
2: (laughs) Blue Apron is a... uh, Is a meal delivery service. Uh, It's fantastic. Uh, They ship food right to your door. Fresh. Locally sourced. Um,
0: mm-hmm. you get your ingredient card, you get your ingredients. It takes 20 or 30 minutes to prep it. You can get, uh, for two or, or four people. Yep. Meals. Uh, you usually get, uh,
2: two four people meals or, uh, three two person meals. Yep. Um, and when you go online and you sign up. You can choose between chicken, beef, fish, vegetarian, uh, even lamb, all those sorts of things so that, uh, you know, you get variety. uh, You make sure you get stuff that you want and you
0: never get stuff that you don't want. Um, You go to BlueApron.com slash CU Podcast. Use code. There is no code. You get $30 off your your order with free shipping at BlueApron.com slash CU Podcast. It's the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. Um, You get sustainable foods usually Sustainable ingredients Locally sourced like you said Impact on households Cooking together builds stronger family <laughs> bonds <laughs> My family would sit down around the table And we weren't yelling at each other We were having a good meal And we talked about stuff uh, research, research shows that Blue Apron families Cook nearly three times more often Yeah I've well, used it, it's great Blue Apron has established partnerships with over 150
2: local farms, fisheries, and ranchers across the United United <laughs> United, States. The
0: United States. What was your last experience like with, with Blue Apron? Um,
2: the last one we did was, uh, I believe it was lamb with couscous and mm-hmm. potatoes. And it had like a, a zippy yogurt sauce. All the, oh, the yogurt sauces. The zippy are good. yogurt sauces are great.
0: There's lots of good stuff. You have uh, you got you get pasta meals with crispy thyme breadcrumbs, seared steaks, and garlic butter with oven fries and romaine salad, roasted chicken. You get crispy wild Alaskan pollock and garlic mashed potatoes. God, I'm getting hungry. I'm actually getting hungry. Yeah. Again, go to com slash podcast and you're going to save thirty bucks off your first order. With free sh- shipping, Blue Aprons a it's a better way to cook, isn't it? It sure is. All right, Ian, it's time for our good old Patreon calling. Woo! So if you go to patreon dot com slash see you podcast, you can sign up and you get you can get the video form of us. There's also a tier that you can call in and leave us a nice, a nice a uh, uh, message, Ian. All right? Yeah. You can do that. <laughs> so we got a few questions we're going to go through. We haven't done this in a bit. Hey, guys. Ryan from Texas. I was just wondering what your favorite book or series of
2: books are. And then also, have either of you read Ready Player One? And if so,
1: what are your thoughts? Love the show. Was actually out in San Diego a few months ago and swung by uh, Luna. Uh, didn't see either of you guys. It was a great little shop. Thanks a lot. Bye.
0: Well, thanks, Ryan. I, I don't work at Luna, but you may not see me too often there, but Ian, Ian should be
2: there. <laughs> but hey, and thank you for enjoying the shop. Um, no, I have not read Ready Player One, although it has been suggested to me. Um, looks interesting, the movie. Um, yeah, I mean, the books sound interesting, the movie looks interesting. It's just not something I've gotten to yet. Um, as far as favorite series of books goes, um, I really like the... Uh, The Ring trilogy, Uh, not Lord of the Rings, but the ones that the the horror movies were based on. Um, I also, when I was uh, younger, really enjoyed the uh, Chronicles of Narnia
0: series. Oh. Yeah. Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, Yep. (laughs) They stopped at, like, what, four movies? They didn't finish them up? They did three or four movies? I don't know. I I, I watched Lion, the Witch, and the
2: Wardrobe and thought it was well done, but didn't watch any of the other ones after. did three or four. Um, And uh, my huge fan of the first Actually, I'm a huge fan of the first four uh, Hitchhikers Guide to the Galaxy books. fifth um, one was trash. Yeah, I... I don't
0: I, I remember, remember the fourth one being that strong, but the fifth one was absolute garbage. The fourth remember. one was okay, but uh, mostly
2: harmless. I've... I've tried, like, four or five times to get through it, and I get, like,
0: 50, 60
2: pages was no in it. There's no comedy in that. There's no comedy. It's like a drama. I, it was just, dr- I'm like, I can't do it. But, um, yeah, the 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 first four Hitchhiker's wow. Guide to the Galaxy books are really quite worthwhile reads. Um, most people tell you to stop after the first three. but I, I would I, say I do, stop after
0: the first three, if I remember. I,
2: I do think the fourth one was there's, pretty decent. There's
0: definitely diminishing returns by the ter- time you get to the third one, if I remember correctly. And it's been, like, ten years since I read them. Also, the Winnie the Pooh book. I, I recommend those to everyone. I like I like the Robert Ludlum books. I, I, but then I like the spy espionage stuff. Mm. It's always like the uh, the the something something in the title. It's like the the Maltese Papers or something. See, you know, probably like I probably
2: like the Born
0: Supremacy. I read so much as a kid. What some of the Ludlum books? I read like five or six of them. They're they're always good. I never got. They like... don't make movies of a lot of them. Besides the born ones, they really haven't made <laughs> the Maltese papers. <laughs> they, no, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm not making I, that I, up. I know you're not. I'm just. Now, here we go. I, I've read some of these: the Scarlet Inheritance, the Materi Circle. That's the one. Uh, not the Malt- okay. <laughs> the Holocroft Covenant, the Jansen Directive, <laughs> the Osterman Weekend, the Parsifal Mosaic, the what the Weekend, I, the Icarus Agenda. I think I read that one. The the Aquitaine Progression. The Sigma Protocol. The Matlock Paper. The Matlock Paper. They're, they're all like that, though. Right. The Scorpio Illusion. The Gemini <laughs> Contenders. The Road to Omaha. The Ambler Warning. I'm not making that. They're all like six syllables. They all I start with it. the. <laughs> I and mean, they all sound like the end of the world. The Tristran Betrayal. <laughs> The Bancroft strategy. Holy shit, Luthem! You've Bancroft read a lot. Of, you've, a lot of, you've read. You've done a lot of books. <laughs> is, is that like a, a ping pong thing? The Arctic event. The Moscow vector. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the Lazarus vendetta. I got it. <laughs> the cry of the Holodon. I was the word. The Janus reprisal. He's very very prolific. <laughs> yes. So ludum's good to read if you like that spy craft stuff and a lot of thriller stuff, semi realistic. Um, I also like reading um, Jesus Christ. I can't believe I forget his name. Uh, who the fuck did Hunt for October and all those. Uh, God damn! I can't believe I forget that. Clancy. All the Clancy stuff is pretty good. Mm. And Clancy has been pretty fucking good at predicting the future. That's the scary part about Clancy. He he passed away like I think already three four years ago. I was gonna
2: say did he die somewhat recently?
0: Yeah, but Clancy did the hunt. for... he basically did all all this series, the Jack Ryan series, Patriot Games, Hunt for around uh, October. There's been only three or three or four movies, but there's been like seven or eight books with with uh, Jack Ryan that are, he eventually becomes president through a weird shit that happens. They they attack the fucking uh, Pentagon by running planes into him. Right. Well, does that sound familiar? You know, there's a lot of shit like that that he's predicted the rise of China being a major geopolitical. Foe, he predicted this stuff way back, and and, and all the you know you, everyone out there knows him just for the video game stuff. Which started Rainbow Six. Rainbow Six was a very good novel. wasn't the best, but that's also I don't think he wrote that. But it's Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six, right? You know, and then they spun off from there, and a lot of the characters cross over, you know, from that. You have the. Um, the one guy from Rainbow Six in charge of it, there was an also a, a, awesome prequel where he was a younger guy going after drug dealers that killed like, his ex girlfriend and fucking taking out the entire game. We're talking like stuff that you could say that they based, uh you know, like taken off of, you know, like an agent just taking out people, you know, in private qu- quarters, stuff like that. There was actually a James Bond novel that was like that. They never made it into a movie. I heard that it was. I think it was actually Live and Let Die originally. I'm going to go off on a tangent. Live and Let Die originally was Bond in the U.S. Just taking out a drug cartel himself, like stuff like that. So uh, Clancy's very good too. You can say, oh, it's all rah rah U S stuff. It, yeah, that's part of it military stuff and U S against foreign powers. But it's pretty thrilling. Like I said, like he's predicted a lot of stuff. He was one of the guys that after nine eleven they went to Clancy and said, help us see like what threats are out there, like what can potentially be harmful to us. How can they get at us? They actually went to him, and, and that's really it. I, and I've read, uh, I tried getting through the Lord of the Rings trilogy, couldn't do it. Uh, but I read The Hobbit, and I gotta read, I gotta read more, I gotta read more, I think that's, everyone should read more, but I gotta read more books again. I did so much when I was younger, and
2: I, I've fallen off I used, to like three, four, I used I read like three, four,
0: I to read like three, four books a year. You know what, I blame smartphones, you're on the toilet, you used to read, now you got your fucking smartphone. Uh, that's what it is. Oh, next question.
2: Hey Ian, hey Pat, um, this is Dana from Canada, Colin, I was wondering, I just started, I just finished watching the last podcast, and I was wondering, with your move
1: coming up, Pat, if you have any fears or strategies to relieve your fears for the move, because I moved a couple months ago and I only had about a thousand items in my co- couple years ago and I only had a thousand items in my collection at the time. So I was wondering, like, and I was scared just to move that. So I could imagine if you have any fears for yours, thanks for keeping, thanks for the podcast guys and keep it up. Well,
0: good. thanks. Thanks for the question. Uh, was it Dana? I think that's, that was it. Um, w- my fears are less because I'm not moving 3,000 miles away this time. So unlike that where I could not see my games being transported by those those fucking thugs that I hired back in New Jersey, um, I'm mostly the master of my domain now in terms of moving. So yeah, I'm going to have movers help out with furniture, but I can rent my own U-Haul truck and throw my games into there and take a few hours to do that. So it's not going to be scaring me as much to do that. And obviously if it's a super expensive item... I'll just throw it in my car, like my M82. That ain't getting put in a fucking moving truck. I'll just throw that into my my you know next to me and buckle it up.
2: Side note: This just reminds me, real quick, side story. Uh, Game on Expo, helping uh, John Lester clear out his van because oh, we yeah. had to use the van to go get your books, and his M82 is just, just like on top, It's <laughs> thrown in the backseat. Yeah, it like, literally like- looks like it's just thrown.
0: I'm not trying Ow. to throw John on the bus. No, he's very busy. No. But he had all this expensive equipment and game stuff in the back seat of this like caravan.
2: I'm all worried about like
0: damaging any of his stuff. He's yeah. like, "Yeah, help me unload." And I open it up. And I'm like, "Yeah, we're well, almost like, oh, it's like an M82 with like a heavy TV right next to it." You <laughs> yeah. know, it's I'm like, like, "Please don't so let like, Yeah. Broke. So, so anyway, I'm not, I'm not too concerned <laughs> about that. Um, I always, always have a fear of moving, and this is only my really my third move: moving out of the house, if you don't count college, moving out of the house into an apartment. Moving, moving into my condo in San Diego. Now moving into a house in San Diego. So there's always concerns, and nothing's gonna, something's gonna get a little damaged, but nothing's gonna get lost this time. Like an important box was lost. And I explained the story before when I moved out here. One important box was lost when I moved. So now nah, I think it'll be okay. But I'm not moving that huge amount away from where I am now. Thank you for the question.
1: Oh, hello, uh, my is Anthony Stevens, and I'm calling from the UK. Um, my question is about the rise of retro gaming public events over the last five years or so. There's been a fair amount of organisations that have sprung up, like recently doing like uh, retro gaming events, and also putting on like gaming markets. Um, there's also some museums that have actually cropped up as well. Um, but my, I was just wondering, do you? think that there's a possibility that these could become a bit stagnated, perhaps, if people end up with, say, like, perhaps too much choice? Like, if there ends up being, say, more of these type of events that occur in future? Or can all of these, say, work in harmony, I suppose, with each other, as long as, say, the organizations put on uh, high-quality events and also um, in these public places as well, uh, that it wouldn't really matter on the amount of them uh, that, as you say, come up in the future. Um, love the podcast, um, and uh, enjoy enjoy what you do. Thank you very much. Well,
0: on. Well, thanks, Anthony Stevens from the UK. Thanks, Anthony. Very polite
2: lad. Um, you know, I was actually thinking about this in terms of... Uh, so basically this question was, with, with the popularity of these Retro game shows, um, conventions, pop up markets, things like that. And now you have
0: museums, museums, coming. not a know, museum museums, but they are coming up.
2: You know, are, are, I think, are we going to reach a threshold? Are we going to reach a point where, um, these start to kind of cannibalize each other? Are, are, you know, is it, you know, how's that going to shake out? And it was, I was actually thinking about this the other night through a, a, a different means. My brother's in town and my brother does, um, sound systems for, um, parties, raves, etc. And we were talking about, um, you know, how certain musical genres, you know, certain promoters will do, um, you know, parties on the same night and how it splits the audience and it splits, you know, the Mm -hmm. DJs apart. And it's like, well, my friends are going to this one, but I really want to see this DJ. And, you know, maybe I guess I'll try to split it two ways. And, you know, is it, is it helping you know are, are, are is that person actually going to go pay you know two fees to go see, to two different mm-hmm. events or or you know how, you know where does it, it, it's tough it, you know in, in a in a in a market where whether it's retro video games or music if the popularity sp- grows very quickly like retro gaming has or say dance music in a, in, a, in a certain city um yeah, everyone's going to want to get in on that action. And eventually sure. you are going to flood the market with too much. And yeah, I mean, at some point the it, it, you can't carry that much weight and certain production companies or certain conventions or, or things like that, you will cease to see them.
0: But it's also not just proximity of ones to each other. I think it's also the length of time that you see the same conventions. Sure. So unless unless you're really into retro gaming, and I mean really into it, will you go to the same convention even if it's annual the fifth time it's there or the sixth time what will keep bringing you back unless i mean you have to love it it can't be a casual thing in my opinion right you know um i mean i've seen it start from i started going to my first retro gaming conventions 2010 was the first one i went to um if you count the screw attack gaming convention there was some retro stuff there it wasn't mainly but there was a little bit um, and then my first uh, Portland in 2011. From there, I've been to dozens since then, literally dozens over the years. So I've seen arcs uh, and I've seen this scene change and I have seen certain ones definitely grow and I've seen some peak, right? And there have been ones I've gone to even the past year where I was surprised where I was like, ooh, there could be, there's either the same amount of people as last year or there's less people than last year and not to get into the specifics of why there could be a burnout factor there absolutely could be you know if i'm if i've been collecting games people get people get have game collecting they might find a new interest or like i said maybe it's a casual interest and they don't have to go to the same convention over and over again,
2: or maybe a smaller convention was two weeks prior, and your friends, you know, dragged you kicking and screaming out the door, and you went to that one. And for whatever reason, you decided not to go to, um, you know, a bigger one that you normally go to two weeks later because you figure, oh, well, sure. I went to, I went to that right convention, and because of how these guests and things work, oh, and I actually saw two out yeah. of the three people that are going to be at this one yeah, that right. I wouldn't have wanted to see, and that's good enough for
0: me. There's a lot of these conventions get get similar guests or, yeah. or patches of guests, or some that are a little different. But
2: uh, patches it, of
0: guests, I like that. That's well, a good yeah, way of looking f- at it. Freaking Norm is this every almost every convention I'm at. Yeah, you, you and Norm are a real guy ra- like, We should we, we should unionize. The you gotta, you want, it's almost like we're unionizing. You want Norm? You got to get Pat as well. You got to get the total package <laughs> or the tag team, Norm and Pat. Um, but but it, but but seriously though, I, I think at some point something gives, and the next generation will not be as interested, in my opinion, as retro games as we know them, as NES, Super Nintendo, and 64 Next generation won't care as much, and and so forth, and so forth. So you have to move on into either either new retro, which I don't think is going to be as strong, for a lot of reasons I won't get into right now, and maybe there's a documentary I'm helping produce that will explain that in more detail. But there's that, and the fact that people's interests change, and they do, and they can waver. Sure. And and people get in and out of stuff. So I think really that's what you're looking at as, as well. But no, I don't think... I don't think the the current retro. This is another Q and A we're talking about. I don't think we're going to get easily replaced with the same amount of interest as we currently have with retro gaming to the extent. Thanks for that. And then Ian, if they want to ask a question, they can find us where at uh
2: Patreon. Com slash cu podcast. Http,
0: Hypertext Transfer Protocol colon slash <laughs> slash all right, Q and A time on this CU podcast at Johnny Falcon Fifty. I like that name. It rolls. Yeah, I have noticed the price of CRTTV skyrocketing. Is this price jump justified or just another money grab? Well, I, mean, I hate to say it. Um, what what people look at as a
2: a money grab is. In, in this case it's it, it appears to just be a supply and demand. And yes, I do see the prices of the asking prices of CRTs going up. Um I see the prices of them going up at places like uh you know goodwill and when, and, we, and thrift stores. When you say
0: goodwill what, what, what for like a twenty four inch CRT, what can they be charging at I've Goodwill seen, or Salvation Army.
2: I've seen or. people I I mean I've seen them go from things that people give away to 50 a hundred bucks, depending on how nice they They're are. They're
0: charging fifty bucks for a CRT at Goodwill.
2: If it's like a Trinit, if
0: it's like a, a good Trinitron, a trinitron. Like, like the last generation yeah, CRTs yeah. from like the late 2000s. exactly, like, like a flat Trinitron. Okay, you know, that I CRT. can see.
2: Um, but the prices are going up. People are not, you know, the the, the old rumor that you know are the old. Uh, saying that I used to even say at at Luna in the early days, which was true then, but is certainly not now is that, you know, you could walk down an alleyway and find a CRT. That's not true anymore. They are getting to be desirable. They are desirable almost specifically for, you know, retro gaming, um, retro video viewing. People want to, you know, if they have VHS, they probably want to watch VHS through a CRT TV as well. Um, So, yeah, I'm sure people are trying to put a premium on them, but this is an instance of they're not made anymore.
0: No, they probably at least in this country they're not. Yeah,
2: they're not made here anymore. Um, probably not. Probably not in Japan. They're only gonna. They're only gonna wow. continue to wear out and break down, except for yeah. people who take care of them. So, you know, the price of them going up is. Probably justified. Yes, it, it, it's a it's a shitty, weird-looking... I mean, piece to the outsider, no one's going to understand why anyone would pay that much money for, for a, a TV like that. But to people who want them, there is a reason, and they will pay for that. Well, of
0: that. course. Uh, yeah, CRTs, even for arcade monitors, they're not going to be produced anymore. Yeah. They're... They're going to they're gonna forget how to make CRTs eventually. Well, it's like the
2: types of score reels for, like, my pinball machine. Yeah. The, uh, the type of um, vacuum fluorescent ones that they make. They don't make them anymore. Sure. You know, you got you to scrap them
0: from something else or get new old stock. Sure. Um, I do think there's probably new old stock remaining in warehouses of CRTs. Oh, absolutely. Almost get, or Best Buy somewhere. They didn't destroy them all. I'm sure you can find a Best Buy you can still find some sort of stock of the last generation. That said, any flea market I go to, you'll still see CRT TVs there. Yeah, without without fail, there are millions of these still that are are not destroyed yet in this country, most likely. Even in like a, uh, thrift shops, people still have them in their old apartments. There's a lot of people out there that, that you know say you're like a 75 year old, you never upgraded your TV, or 85 year old. Uh, say uh, storage units. How many storage mm-hmm. units have CRT TVs laying in them? So I don't think we're at a danger in our generation of running out of these. No, and, and they're pretty sturdy. I, I mean, like I remember having a CRT, like a Magnavox or I mean, a Zenith. It lasted in our house like twenty years. Oh, yeah. It was around a while.
2: And they can be. I'm just saying that there is a reason why they've gone from free to yeah. Although that m- makes sense. Money again.
0: I don't know if that's all retro gaming. That's probably a chunk of it. Uh, there's also probably uh, maybe there's ones that have built-in VCRs that people want, you know. That's you what know. I said, like VHS okay. viewers. You can still buy VCRs like though. You can still yeah. get VCRs for nothing mm-hmm. still. And I'm sure those are still manufactured somewhere or there's still new old stock of VCRs laying around somewhere. Um you can know, sure many... you can get your VCR DVD. I'm sure, you can, I'm sure a Walmart combo. has a has a 80 pallets of VHS players sitting around. But um, no, I see why. But the thing is, again, it's dumb to try to buy one off eBay when you can you can probably go on Craigslist and look and find it, or put out a hey, I I'm looking for a CRT. I sold a CRT, um, I want to say five years ago on Craigslist. I got 15 bucks for it, someone just picked it up. They they and they, they want it like for like, a Halloween party because I haven't said like oh I don't I I can't plug it into for cable to see if it works, but it probably worked. It was like a smaller one, but at least they want it for the effect of just the, the you know the snow effect. Oh okay. <laughs> which you don't you know, get on modern TV so well, I think you probably could get an antenna yeah, it doesn't look as neat though. but um, but yeah so they're out there go look on Craigslist or off offer up or whatever or locally you know don't don't go on eBay for them but you'll be able to find them too but yeah shipping will be more than the TV because they're not exactly light alright this is from at MSU Hitman will the PS4 slash Xbox One slash Wii U slash Switch error of games be worth anything in 20 years plus if they are the last generation of physical games
2: <laughs> Isn't um interesting question, and I especially when you put it that way. Um I mean I, I do think that there is a chance they're the last generation. Yeah. If. Well, I mean hypothetical. If they are the last generation of physical games, I think there is going to be some allure attached to them that was not that is not attached to say something more middle of the road like uh Playstation two you know uh that was uh everywhere and you know you, you can find anywhere um i think there will be a nostalgia uh, attached to what is seen as the last physical media for uh console gaming i also hmm. think that yes you will definitely see um ps4 i mean some combination of these systems will have games that will definitely be worth money in 20 years um when I say, and I think I can maybe speak a little bit for Pat here, when we say that we don't necessarily see the same market for collecting this generation of stuff as, as we do uh, what we consider retro, that doesn't mean that you you aren't going to find games that people want to collect or games that can be worth something just means maybe the entire library won't be as uh, desired as a whole, but there are already games from, you know, Atlas and Limited Run Games and stuff for these systems that are are fairly pricey. You know, so there are going to be things that will be worth money in 20 years. Then again, I, I would state just my last thing is, I always say this, is 20 years for a game to go from the $60 MSRP that you bought it even if it were to become worth $2,000, is not exactly a awesome investment with great returns.
0: But but it's few and far between between, between the ones that devalue. Yeah. Think about the majority of 8 and 16-bit games. And the vast majority are not worth the MSRP of 60 when they came out. Oh, no. Uh, but that's majority. what that's what I'm saying. I'm saying oh. even if you do get one that's worth something. It's I'll not worth it, if you buying yeah. 100 that went worth a dollar. Yeah. You know, or or be worth dollar. How many Wii games 20 years from now be worthless? It's pretty easy to walk into
2: a a GameStop right now, I would say, and look at like a PS4 selection and look at and pick out the games that are going to have sold less copies in the future and be like, it's pretty easy to Uh, speculate on that shit. But you're not, I mean, it's not going to be worthwhile in the long run, the money Uh, you would make from it. I do
0: disagree slightly that I don't think games will be worth more just because they're perceived as the last time there are physical games i don't think that's going to matter at all it's gonna be an odd sort to say well that random switch game that was the last time nintendo had physical media so i'm gonna buy that switch game i don't see that happening mm. i i see there being an affinity for collections of games in terms of sets of like oh i want all the metroid games or i want all the nintendo maybe first party games that were released on each system so i'll go after those i definitely don't see there being completionist collectors to the degree there are now or even large sets of people Going for, do you honestly see anyone 20 years now saying, I want to get every Xbox One game in physical form? Do you honestly see many people giving a shit about that? I think think that the allure of physical media in general is dying quickly, not even slowly. Kids now are growing up without any physical media. Yeah. So Um, the allure is going to be so limited in 20 years. To a kid growing up now with an Xbox One, where maybe he has one physical game and has twenty-five digital games because he just downloads them because oh, it's convenience. Well, it also gets it also gets murky once you get into
2: uh, like Xbox three hundred and sixty and PS three, and systems that had games that were download only, sure, and that were exclusive to that system. You know where you know,
0: but anyways, you see what I'm saying though? Um, I, I think the allure is going to be less and less for physical media because it, no one, no one is looking for DVDs anymore in stores really.
2: Right. I think and I think that's something that Blu-ray's people dying out even. Don't necessarily get is when we say that the collectors aren't going to be there, it's not necessarily because interest in video games or even historical interest in video games isn't going to be there. And I'm not even trying to play old man and say that they're not e- is <laughs> interesting, but but the idea of physical media and the attachment to physical media just isn't being bred into younger generations.
0: No, uh, I, I was talking to, I forgot who it was, talking about uh, getting out a Nintendo cartridge and putting it into a console to play it, and, and, the, and the, the son or just looked at the dad like, like, what are you doing? Like, why can't we just play the game? Like, right. What are you, like, why is there a console and something else you're putting... Is, that's a foreign idea to a next generation. Just sure. the same way cable TV is a foreign idea to kids growing up. Yeah, like we are the le- like out there. We are the last generation to experience a lot of stuff. Like that's not old man. That's absolute truth in terms of how kids are coming up nowadays. You know, especially if you consider us the, the oldest millennials, post millennials, absolutely will have little little reason to want to collect physical media. In my opinion. I mean, we'll see. We'll see, though. But I think that's what we're trending at. Ian, you like that it bites, don't you? I sure as heck do. Why do you like them so much? Well, they started with that's it fruit and veggie bars, which is like snack and dinner at the same time to me. Yeah, exactly. They're healthy, all natural. You know, they confused Pat for months. For months, <laughs> he was that's very... it fruit bars confused me because you know what the greens are—that fruit.
2: That's fruit, it. Fruit. That's it. Um, you know, and uh, Pat just couldn't get that. Get that through his head. Um, but what we're here to talk about today is that uh, you know what <laughs> totally we're, we're, we're going to talk about. That's today. it. Bites. Chocolate that's... truffle uh, fruit bites.
0: Um, Delicious. They're, they're basic. I mean, they're good for you. P- picture the that's it fruit bar, roll into a truffle ball with organic dark chocolate wrapped around that. It's good dark chocolate. It's fantastic. So I mean, and it's a re- it's a serving. It's not pres- no preservatives. No un- unnatural garbage in there. It's, you know, no, it's it's non-GMO. They picked, it's vegan. They pick great flavors for the uh, the truck. I'm out of apples, ba- by the way. Apple banana, apple coconut, coconut
2: apple blueberry, apple, apple strawberry. strawberry. Uh, uh, there's apple mango. Ooh, uh, apple
0: mango. I haven't gotten that
2: one. Yeah, did you get one? In- uh, yeah. I'm all out. I didn't have any apple mango at all. Well, I didn't have any apple banana until I stole two bags from you. You son of a bitch! I, I didn't have any mango. Where yeah. do you have it- Well, they we they did. You hear this? That's it. They didn't split them up properly between us. <laughs> I didn't know they had mango.
0: Yeah, Fuck. I didn't know they had banana until I went back. To I, your I'll, place. I'll I'll trade you eight bananas right now. Anyway. I'm out. Okay. So go to go to thatsitfruit.com. Enter code Podcast to save 10% off any order today. With the holidays coming, you can give the health, <laughs> you can give the gift of healthy snacking with That's It gift boxes. They come in a variety of sizes and will be perfect for the health-conscious friends and family in your life. From whole 30 to paleo. That's it. Has a bar for you. Make sure you check out at That's It Instagram for giveaways running all December along. But seriously, this mango thing—yeah, you, you hold it out of me. You held out on I, me. We if I, if we I have had opened known both the boxes if at the I had same known, time, if I had known you did not have bananas, I would have gladly given you two for one. For I mango. didn't know
2: you didn't have mango.
0: Sons, this has changed my whole perception of, of, of That's It bites now. That's I'm, it. A whole battlefield of flavor I have not fought on yet. And I have a, not waged war on the mango field yet. An apology Christmas gift would be just fine. <laughs> you that try to bribe that's it? You can't <laughs> bribe a sponsor? You can't do That's not right. It so generous as that. It. But it's, the good thing is that you get sir, two servings of fruit and a little 150 or so calorie little bag of five troubles. And you know what? That fills you up because it's, yeah. it's like eating a whole apple. Right, Apple mm. fills you up, yeah. And plus you get another, Fibrous. and then you get another fruit in there, and then you, plus you get delicious dark chocolate.
2: Can't go wrong. And you're
0: like, this is dessert. I'm full from this. I don't have to eat like a whole freaking uh, awful chocolate bar. You have that's it bites again. Go to that's itfruit.com. Enter code CU podcast to save 10 percent off any order today. And look out for those uh, gift boxes. It sounds like a good idea. Yeah. All right. Uh, next question here, Ian. Mm.
2: This is from uh, Mark Musso Live. Uh, I want to know what you think about collecting the guy game for Xbox and PlayStation 2, considering it's technically illegal to own.
0: All right, let's back up on the guy game, right? Originally it was developed as, I believe, a DVD sort of game, and then they converted it into a PS2 and Xbox 360 It was by the uh, wonderful
2: gentleman who did... um... Top Heavy Studios. Oh, I see what they did there. Yeah, it was, uh, I believe it was... By the same people who did the uh, Wet and Wild or whatever those fucking videos where you could order off the TV, where girls gone wild, girls, Wet and Wild,
0: <laughs> girls gone wild, Wet and Wild, girls gone wild, those famous videos. Was Was it the same people? I think I don't know. So the guy game okay. is um, it's a it's an adult game. Um, when you when you look at it, it's fairly innocent. You it's know, trivia. It, they did it, they filmed it over probably a, like a day on Spring Break. It's like fifteen different. Uh, girls in bikinis, they ask them a question and you have to guess whether it's weird. I think it's like you have to guess whether you think they got it right or not. Like you have to you have to think you have to put yourself in the girls' shoes and think or that if they got it right or not. I think that's how it works. I can't remember. So then if if you are correct with it, if they guessed it right and you thought they're gonna get it right or if you thought they're gonna get it wrong and they got it wrong, they eventually take off their clothes. And, and you and see their boobs. They go topless eventually. Yep. Here's the issue with it. There was one girl that lied to them and said she was 18, she was 17. That's right. So, technically, you're not supposed to be uh, selling that. So, when they found that out, they pulled it from shelves on both uh, Xbox and PS2. Um, But a lot exists out there because there wasn't a lot of adult titles on the PS2, as far as I know, right? With real nudity. No. As a matter of fact, it's really... At least in the U.S. It's
2: if people try to bring it into us, it's almost always on the original Xbox.
0: I, I don't think I've actually... I don't remember the last time I saw a copy on the PS2. So, the question of the legality' sake. Alright, this girl lies. She's she's 17, technically underage. You know. I'm going to leave it up to you if you think that's morally wrong. If you want to collect it, is it worth watching someone that's 17 to see their boobs? It's probably not worth owning it for that. Uh, No. I don't fucking... I personally don't care if you want to own it or think it's it's worth it for your collection. I'm not going to go after you for that. I, that's just me. I don't...
2: I, I, I would say spare yourself a little bit of dirt on uh, your, you know, conscious and
0: just don't, uh, I mean, they don't still, worry about it. I mean, it. they still sell it on eBay. It's not, it's. I see them on eBay right now. There's multiple copies on eBay for Xbox. It's only 50 bucks. I thought it would be... No.
2: Um, generally, we don't that. take it. We just don't take it so that we don't have to worry about you don't it. Have to worry about that dilemma. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, see. I mean, I know lots of people who have it in their collections, and I don't think they're, you know, horrible people. They just ended up with it. You know, a lot of people bought it before I, they even knew that.
0: I, I mean, if you want me to get really technical, a lot of these states, it's legal to have sex. That's, like, the, the age, but it's still not legal for pornography anywhere in the U.S. You have to be 18. That's just the way the laws work. Um, so it's like, yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those weird things where me, I'm just like I'm not, I'm not going to go nuts over it if you want to own it you know have to have that to complete, to complete your Xbox uh, collection I'm not sure anyone to be completing their, their Xbox collections so there you certainly have certainly
2: not worth owning
0: don't, don't but play. don't don't stream it on Twitch though probably don't want to stream it on Twitch either way but there is a non-nudity mode though so you can probably do that yeah, that's wow <laughs> alright next question this is from... I'm not sure who this is from. I didn't put their name in. Sorry. Uh, looking to sell off NES collection. eBay or local buy sell groups. Individual carts. Bundle a higher value game with the with a lower price. Box O games. Any other tips for selling to get highest return while not in a rush? I we, we this is
2: a mean, couple years ago.
0: We have in a, in a few different ways. I... I...
2: I I mean, if you want to get highest return...
0: Highest return is your time, though. So, highest return is individual. Well, not
2: in a rush. And for highest return, you sell all of your rarest games individually. You don't bundle them with anything. And you sell them individually. eBay. Or, I mean, local buy-sell groups are fine. Keep in mind that a lot of these people want to pay the least and sell things for the highest. Um, you know, try to deal with someone reasonable. Um, you're absolutely not going to get your highest value from selling back to a store. Um, eBay could be reasonable, although then you have to—you have no idea what the temperament of the customer is. So, or try to defraud you, saying I never got the game. Right, exactly. Yeah. So a convention could also be a good place to do it. Um, but I—I I always feel like when you're handling. The expensive games, and you're trying to sell those off, uh, whether you want most money or not. Um, doing that as in person as often as possible is probably the best thing to do, and that's probably how you'll get the be- the most money as as well. Um, I don't think you need to do any. When when you get down to the lower value games, yeah, you may have to bundle and do. Oh, you're gonna have yeah. to
0: because no one's gonna want them. Yeah, I mean, at the... we're already at the point. I'm not going to say the sky is falling, but we're already at the point where I see NES games where they used to be, all right, these were $4 $5 games, now they're $2 games at convention. Now yeah. they're 5 for 10, 6 for 10. Where and these aren't like terrible fucking games. These are just common ass games that everyone has anymore. So eventually when these games from collections get b- back put out into the market, especially the common ones, especially the ones where it's like, oh, Super Spike V-Ball, it's a fun game, but everyone has it, and it's not worth that much. Oh, Archon, that's not a bad game. You know, or it's like, oh, Astaniacs. Oh, it's City Connection, Ian. You know, it's games that, yeah, in theory, someone would want them if they don't already have them. And they're common, so who's left to buy them? And we're we're gonna get to that point more sooner than a lot of people might realize, especially for NES. So... You might be put in the situation where if you want to sell off your your six hundred game NES collection, you may not get more than a couple bucks each for like a couple hundred of those games. Yeah, like that's just going to be the reality because you're going to be selling to someone that you know they can wait out themselves and buy a bundle because a lot of bundles now are cheaper as well. But also, you know, people that go to a convention can buy them cheaper. And yes, you got to pay to get in, but I just went to a convention where guy had uh, about a hundred NES games just. Blowing them out. $2 a piece. Just getting rid of them. And there was even stuff like Ninja Turtles in there. That's sh- that's more than a $2 game. It's yeah. not like a Super expensive game, but that's... Someone will buy it for $2, maybe. But eventually, you're going to run out of people that are going to even want that, because they sold millions of those. So, you're going to look at, like Ian said, the rare games, sell them individually, but you might just want it even to get rid of... The, it, we're, we're, what I'm saying is we're past the point where you can just go online and put buy it nows of, oh, okay, uh, you know common-ass NES game that was worth uh, 5 bucks in theory, a couple years ago. Put, put a $5 buy-it-now on there with $3 shipping. I think those days are, are almost over, in my opinion. Or you can put them on there and someone will snatch it up right away. I think your bundles is where you're going to get to there more sooner than later. later, later. If you want to move them. Or you can put it on there and wait forever, or put on Amazon during the holidays. But if you want to get rid of them, I think you're going to have to bundle up the, uh, a chunk. And, and, do it. and you might get a decent deal from a collector, a, a new one getting into it. No? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Alright.
2: And our last question comes from Angry Gamer
0: 1987 You love
2: Angry Gamers, Ian. I sh- sure do. You're all so uh, upset. <laughs> uh, what do you... <laughs> What do Pat the NES Punk and Pixel Circle think about the continued trend of, elite, of elitism in the gaming
0: community? I wonder if they, does this mean, uh, like, uh, PC Master Race elitism, or is this retro game collecting elitism? Let's just assume it
2: means, uh, I mean, it could mean either. Um, I don't know, I've, I've somehow managed to detach the cords enough that I don't, I don't really pay attention to it anymore. I- Okay. I don't see a lot of it. I mean, there, I know it's out there, but I've just chosen to more or less not let it bother me, unless it, you know, really bothers me. Um, but I, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what the continuing continuing trend in elitism is because I don't follow fandoms a ton. I actually don't spend a lot of time online talking about video games real in depth. I don't spend a lot of time on video game websites and stuff like that. Um, I mean. It, as far as retro gaming concerns, well, there's always going to be elitism in any sort of collecting environment. In terms of modern... In, in, unfortunately, we're just going to have to deal with that. In terms of modern gaming, if it's console wars type stuff, I, that's just silly. And, I mean, I haven't paid attention to that I, forever. I mean,
0: There's elitism. I saw a, a game journalist destroy a guy. I retweeted it. I don't know if you saw it. it was about a week ago. A guy complaining about how games are too easy. Like, how dare you use Amiibo... For playing a game with with your son, you're teaching him that gaming is too easy, and he got fucking destroyed. This guy rightfully so. He, yeah. I, there's a term about dogpiling. I don't I don't buy that. You can dogpile any asshole you want if I think that they deserve it. That's my opinion when it comes to old life in general. But um, but he just ran through the the muck about. Oh, I'm not allowed to play a game the way I want. And there's plus there's tons of hard games out there. Look at fucking Cuphead just came out. It's a brand new game that's hard as balls. Right. What are you talking about? There's still Uh, bullet hell shooters that come out all the time and indie games that are hard. Just because some AAA company decides to make a a game a little bit easier, you know, that's my right to do it. There is an elitism there when it comes to games should still be all-ass difficult. Right, there is. That does exist. Um, I can't comment on that entirely because I'm not uh, into the modern scene as much as I should just because of time constraints. But with retro gaming, uh, especially with collecting, if you want to go that route, the elitism used to be just an annoyance to me, or it's like, eh, these people, you know, they think who the hell they are. They have games. Wow, you bought a little Samson. Good for you. You bought a little Samson. What what the what these pricks don't realize is that their elitism will be the downfall of their uh, self-importance because them being gatekeepers to the next generation of retro game collectors that may not exist, right? And it won't certainly exist to the extent it is right now them keeping them and brushing them off, that next generation, who the fuck's going to care about your fucking dirty-ass game collection 30 years from now?
2: It ensures that they have nowhere to move it. No one to move it to if they need the money.
0: So, if you care that your collection right now is is valued at $25,000, unless there's a next generation that's going to agree with that price, because you and your group of friends that all have the same fucking Hagane complete in box... You're the last generation that's really, in my opinion, going to give a shit about that. So if you are going out of your way to be a gatekeeper and keep people out of the hobby saying, oh, well, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, uh, your collection is going to be worth shit 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. Or not to the extent that you still wish it was. You're not going to be able to retire on it the way you thought you would, in my opinion. Because, and I'm not saying either, even if you weren't uh, an elitist prick, you weren't going to prevent there being a... Uh, a smaller amount of collectors in the future. But now you are you are hastening perhaps the demise of your own hobby, at least for that specific uh generation say say you collect 8 and 16 bit primarily in like, you know, Saturn games, I'm just right. saying. That's just my opinion. You should be going out of your way to be welcoming as many people as possible. And that might even not even uh help in the long run. But at least you're giving yourself a chance, chance for there to be a next generation of collectors. And If you want to focus on spreading the knowledge of these games and why it's important to preserve these games, that is going to be your best hope in making sure that the value and importance of these games is uh, seen as something other than just dead physical media 20, 30 years from now. But even then, I think there'll be less importance... You know, of a complete NES collection, uh, twenty-five years from now, I really don't think you're going to have many people that are going to be like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Like, I think you're going to have less and less people over the years, and of course, of course, as we die out as well. Yeah, we're not getting any younger. No, I'm not a spry, you know, twenty-six year old NES collector anymore. My short hair running to my local flea market and buying forty games for thirty bucks. I'm surprised every morning my eyes open. (laughs) Well, that's depressing as fuck. (laughs) Anything else? Have you seen less elitism or more working at Luna over the past few years, or has it been the same sort of, you know?
2: It's it's honestly kind of been about the same. About the same? Yeah. I mean, you get the same mixture of, of people who are in it for show and people who are in it for fun, and, you know, I, I, I think it's it evens
0: out. Do you see there being a look of concern in anyone's face about, ooh, you know, <clears> there, <throat> there isn't the same sort of, like, like the interest level isn't going up skyrocket anymore. It's sort of tapered off. I I know I don't think
2: anyone's necessarily um they're not concerned about it. I don't think
0: it. any of the hardcore regulars
2: are concerned about it, but I have had people who I haven't seen before, you know, come in and try to or or have only seen once or twice, you know, a couple of times, not regulars, not people who I would immediately assume to be, you know, heavy collectors come in and try to sell off a game. You know, something like uh you know, Conker's Bad Fur Day, which at one point in time may have been, you know, like 120 loose cartridge, but it is now only maybe like I think we sell it for like 70 loose cartridge. Oh, really? So that, that so, r- rose
0: peaked and came peak down like Earth Day. Yeah, it.
2: did. maybe it's 80. Maybe it's 80, but it's definitely come down. It's you know considerably. Um, and you know, they try to sell it, and I offer them a price that's you know different than you know different than maybe what we had talked about a year ago or something. And they're surprised. And yeah, and then they get all upset, and you know, it's like, well, then uh, no sale. I'm like, well. Okay, I mean, I actually... <laughs> I have a Conker sitting in the case, you know, right now. So, I mean, obviously, I don't need it that badly, you know. That a way to turn a profit on So, I mean, there are people who... I, I guess the long story short is... the, I think the people who watch from the outside and watched all those articles about how all your video games are worth money... They
0: still write those fucking things. Sure. Your Genesis is worth $1,000, really? I think those
2: people, though, are now coming to find out that... There is a fluctuation to that, and that some of those prices can fall, and that you know even the ones that were worth something
0: Ooh. that are still worth something are not worth as much as they were. Oh, you're right. When you're right, you're right, Ian. E. Seventy bucks by it now. Sixty-eight dollars for Conker's, yeah. on an open auction. One sold seven. Uh, excuse me, eighty complete open auction. Yeah. complete. Yeah, oh, so, that was
2: another weird thing about Conquerors that we always noticed. There was very little uh, distinction between a complete and all these characters. I wonder why. Price. I well, don't know. You're Never right. was.
0: I'm, I'm looking at all these. Buy it now. Sixty three dollars. Sixty eight dollars. Sixty five dollars. Yeah, I think I think we sell it for seventy. <laughs> I, I did remember that was the hot game a few years ago. Yeah. I was like, oh, everyone's gonna get Conquer. It was a hundred easy, across so the And then Earthbound is a good example of one that yeah, that came down to Earth mm-hmm. came down to Earth bound. Well, I mean, I mean, we like talking about Earthbound as sort of like a. You know, 140 bucks. Buy it now. Remember when it was like 220? Yeah, I do. Holy shit! 150, 103 with the ripped label, 167 open auction. Do you think all a lot of the counterfeits have, have affected this as well to some I, extent? I think they have. I think
2: it's taken um, it's put a little bit of fear into buyers.
0: Fear into buyers versus versus plugging the hole of people that would pay 120 bucks to yeah or 200 dollars to actually play it on cartridge. Interesting. Wow, 151 open auction for uh, an EarthBound. Remember, 150 people would have, would have bought that to flip it at 250 yeah. on Amazon. Just like four years ago, they would have done that. Sell other collections, this guy's falling. No, I'm kidding. Do whatever you want. I'm not in it for the money. Ian is, though. No, I'm kidding.
2: No, I'm not.
0: Ian's just in it for the money when he sells me his overpriced Caltron. Missing the manual. <laughs> That's it for this CU podcast. Not letting that go for Tuesday, the 5th of December. 2017. Again, I'm going to be at SoCal Retro Gaming Expo, uh, January 20th and 21st. Uh, I, I, the, the promo code is actually, it is actually CU Podcast, I discovered. I was wrong. You save 10% on tickets there. Ian won't be there probably, but you're going to have other YouTubers there. Well, Ian doesn't consider himself a YouTuber, even though he's on YouTube. And, <laughs> um, anything, where are you going to be at, Ian, besides Luna Video Games? Two locations in Chula Vista and El Cajon. No.
2: Nothing?
0: Nothing. We have a Patreon, patreon.com, says so to your podcast. Uh, check it out. Uh, download this on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or Google Play Store. And, you know, I'll be around. I got to move. Yeah. Dean's not going to help me, though. I mean, I don't want to kill Ian. <laughs> this plus, plus a, few, a few pizzas wouldn't bribe Ian to help me move anyway. Actually, pizza is a good bribe. <clears throat> but bribe. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking I'm... starving. Yeah. Are you starving? Yeah. It was a Blue Apron uh, read. I'm not just saying that. The Blue Apron read. Oh, if you want to advertise with the CU Podcast, uh, email CU Podcast at thepunkeffect.com. And we'll get you in there alongside our pals like That's It in Blue Apron mm-hmm. and Loot Crate. And uh, yeah. All right. That's what's going on. I'm going to go see SmackDown, I think, tonight. Uh, NES Punk video was delayed because of my sickness and illness, So, but that's still going to come out. And, um, yeah, that's what's going on. And there's another big announcement I can't talk about right now, and that's happening, though, next week. So, for Ian Ferguson. All right. Yep. <laughs> God, gee, I'm not making that up. Uh, we'll, we'll see you for our pre-holiday show <laughs> on the 19th. Thank God I'm going record, like, the 22nd like we did last year, or whatever the fuck it was. I'm editing before going over to Frank's for Christmas Eve, or, or 23rd. All right, so we'll, we'll see you. Toodles. I'm the only one talking for Bye.